Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. I got saved at our church a number of years ago. Well, the first time I prayed the sinner's prayer, you know, was on a cell phone um, on the 405 freeway. It was one of those giant brick cell phones. Does anybody remember those? I had been fired from my executive job. I was driving in my BMW, having lost everything, but I still had some of the stuff. I'd been fired, but they didn't take my cell phone yet, so I was still running the bill. I wasn't saved. I mean, I'm running their bill, but I was supposed to turn the cell phone back, but I figured, well, they fired me. I'll just run the bill a little bit more. 25 cents a minute. Does anybody remember that? That's what it was, 25 cents a minute. I was at the end of my rope, and uh, I was driving with my knees, my little 320i, and I had my brother on the phone who was in Hawaii. And I told him, you know, I'm, I'm out. I've lost everything. I won't go into all the details of that, but I was at the end of my rope. Some of you are at the end of your rope. There might be somebody sitting next to you, somebody listening to this message over the podcast or over the web stream, YouTube. You might feel like you're at the end of the rope. I want you to know that God is the one that actually holds the rope, and he will help you just like he helped me and countless thousands and millions of others who call on his name. I knew I could call my brother, everybody else had disowned me, including my father, you're not my son anymore, on and on and on. I called my brother, and he says this to me. He had been born again many years before that, hold the Bible so big it could choke a moose, sincerely loved God, was saved in Calvary Chapel movement, and is still a part of Calvary Chapel. He's my beloved older brother. I owe him a debt of love because he wouldn't stop witnessing to me. He would not shut up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? In fact, he told me that I needed to get right with Jesus. He told me and told me and he told me and he told me. And finally I said, dude, why do you keep calling him Jesus? It's Christ, isn't it? And can you just shut up? I don't want to hear it anymore. It's like you're, you're a part of a cult. He always had a permagrin on. He's always happy. Just so irritating. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Just, just so full of joy when you just want everybody else to be miserable with you as you swing from your last thread on your rope. I called him because I knew he would, I mean, I couldn't call anybody else. I called him, and he says this to me, just outside the LAX on the 405 freeway, on the last minutes of a cell phone that I was basically stealing time, fired from my job, no home to go back to, nowhere to go, driving a car that I would soon not have. And he said, I'm going to tell you one more time, you need to be reconciled with God. Now, somehow when he said that, I thought, that's true. He said, I'm going to tell you one more time. You need Jesus. You need to repent and ask him into your life. He'll forgive you and give you a new life. And I was just like, that's also true. And conviction came on me. And the power and the presence of God filled my car. I do not know how I stayed on the road. Like I said, I was driving with my knees. I am a professional knee driver, as are some of you. Amen. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I would see how far I could drive in California, freeways, exits, and everything with my knee. Just anyway, you don't want to try that? My wife has since broke me when she's in the car. Anyway. The presence of God came and flooded that car, and I gave my life to Christ and went back and forth for years in the church, out of the church, in the church, out of the church, in the church. But it wasn't until I experienced God's power that set me free from demonic bondage, voices, dark shadows. And my testimony is not unique. Maybe some of you have that same testimony. Maybe you're here, you still hear voices in dark shadows. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 4, and I want to talk about the presence of God. I think I'm preaching three different messages this morning, because I can. And, and I feel like the Lord wants to do it that way. So this is totally different than the first service. And... Um, if nothing else, those of you that serve in three services get that much more content out of the Word of God. Can you say amen? So it'll be like you've been to, in one Sunday, <laughs> that means worship team, in one Sunday, you'll be catching almost a month of sermons. Two-thirds. Is that two? No, that's not right. Where's my wife? I, math, again. Anyway, three-quarters. Of a month of Sundays. All right. Acts chapter 4. Stand up on your feet, would you, as we get into the Word for the next few moments. You're in the right place. Come on, tell your neighbor you're in the right place. Good. Tell your other neighbor, say you're in the right place. Come on, just say you got a plan. God's got a plan for you. Come on, say God's got a purpose for you. You're in the right place. Say it again. You're in the, you're in the right place. Acts chapter 4 and verse 29 they're in the midst of a prayer meeting. Let me just catch you up in context. Peter and John are in prison for doing a miracle. They go back to their life group. They go back to this prayer meeting in a home. Verse 29, part of their prayer, now, Lord, look on their threats. They had been, th been threatened by the religious leaders not to speak about the name of Jesus ever again. And they said, well, far be it for us to obey you rather than God. You can judge. We're going to obey God. You can pound sand whatever that means. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they all spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude, verse 32, thou the multitude of those who believed were of one heart, one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of these things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common, verse 33. And with great power, what kind of power? With great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all, verse 34. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. See, there you go. For all who had possessions and lands and houses sold them 
And they brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and they laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one who had need. Father, move in power. Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Let me first of all say this. Uh, If anybody tells you that you need to sell your property and do anything like that for the church, you want to leave the church as soon as you possibly can. Because you, God gives you stewardship over stuff. Nobody should ever mandate you do anything like that. You'll never hear that from me. God's power is poured out now in this text, and there's a purpose for it. There's a purpose for God's presence. His presence was manifested, and for a number of reasons, his presence was manifested. The, the first reason his presence was manifested is that they prayed together. When you have a lifestyle of prayer and when you involve yourself into a prayer meeting, get involved in a prayer meeting, God's power will respond. God's power will come. I had the joy of being at the governor's prayer breakfast on Saturday along with 1,100 other people. I had the great honor along with a number of other pastors all from the valley to lead a prayer meeting, which I've had that honor before going to the prayer meeting, there's maybe 90 people there at the most. I mean, I'm being generous, 90, 90 people. There's 1,100 people come to the breakfast, 90 people, that would be, that's about right. About 10% of the people, of, of any group of people, believers, about 10% actually pray. That's, that's, that's about how it is in the body of Christ. No, I don't mean like pray over your food. I mean, praise God. You can pray over your food. No, I mean like actually have a lifestyle of praying, contending, believing, decreeing, proclaiming. Warfare, prayer, supplications, intercession, learning, praying, abiding, walking, a set time where they come apart and pray. And so we went to this prayer breakfast. So in other words, mostly it's like breakfast and a little bit of prayer, but there's a a major prayer meeting for an hour before. And it starts at 7 o'clock. So I took a good portion of my staff. We jumped in a church van, drove in at 5.45 in the morning and went went to... this prayer meeting. And I got there and I instantly knew this is a different prayer meeting than I've ever been to here at this uh, Denina Center for all the years that I've gone. Because hundreds of people came. Hundreds. And it filled this whole room. So I want to say 500 people, I'm guessing about 500 people came and had a prayer meeting. And the prayer meeting was led by these different pastors and I had this one section. And it's a cross-denominational line. So, I mean, you got Catholics, Methodists, Presbyterians, evangelicals for sure, that are there. People that believe in the baptism of the Spirit and people that believe that you can't be saved unless you're baptized and everything in between. And really, how do you stand with all that, Pastor? If you don't destroy the Godhead, I'm good. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mess with that, you're a cult, you're out. Amen. So, I mean, people want to argue about tongues, they can't. It's too late for me. I'm, I'm baptized. I got the fire. I can show you in Scripture. You, you know, if I could just be a wise guy and say, you want to live a dull, powerless life, go right ahead. Not for me. I ain't doing that. No thanks. Too late for me. I'm plugged in already. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, I love the testimony of uh, John Christensen here. Baptist, was a Baptist pastor, right? Served valiantly in his wife. I opened up our leaders meeting to anybody that wanted to come, and there he was. And we had like a Holy Spirit-filled leaders meeting, training thing. There wasn't even all that many people there. And the power of God hit John. And I'll never forget the phone call 
I don't know if you recall it. You're like, uh, we have to have coffee, Pastor. We need to have coffee. We need to sit down. We went and met outside of Starbucks. And you said, what happened to me, I don't even believe in, and I can prove it in Scripture. What, how you got baptized in the Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues, and you've just been a Baptocostal ever since. Hey, Leading people to Jesus. One of our life group leaders, just amazing, amazing man of God, amazing family. He got filled with the Spirit. I've never been in a meeting like I was just in. The fervency of the prayer, I've never seen that. I've never seen a, a body of Christ. Usually, usually the Spirit-filled folks behave themselves. You know what I mean? In other words, I'm not going to roar in tongues because I don't want to offend anybody in my prayer language. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm going to just, I'll pray fervently. And that is sometimes maybe a little scary for some people, but, but the fervent prayer of the I'm not going to dumb it down. I'm, I'm going to try to be gracious. This prayer meeting was not like that. It was like 500 people. The place started roaring. I mean, God started moving. I thought, man, this is a different prayer meeting. It started off real powerful. I had the middle section just ramped up, and then the guy, that native man, uh, Pastor Tim Sergey, came and lit the thing on fire. And at the end of that, we're just like, whoa, that was a prayer meeting. And people are like, whoa, what was that? It was like, wow. Governor's prayer breakfast, for real. Why does God release his power of his presence? And how does his presence come? The reason the presence and power is poured out in this text is they prayed together. I want to give you a quick recipe and purpose for God's presence. One is presence. One, have a prayer time. In your home, with your kids, with your wife. Amen. I was talking to some, some young, younger folks who are, they're dating. And I told them, hey, listen, you have Jesus at the center of your relationship. If Jesus is not the center, then it's over. It ain't about like, you know, you know all the cute little DMs and all the little pictures and the slide up. And you, come on, if it doesn't have Christ at the center, you're in trouble. They prayed together. Why was God, why did God's presence come in this section, releasing an earthquake here in Acts 4? One, they prayed. Two, they prayed in agreement. I don't know if you ever prayed with somebody who's not in agreement. You don't go too many places with that. Without accord, without agreement, there's no, there's no power. You've got to have agreement. They prayed believing in God's power. They believed that God would come. Lord, behold their threats. Now grant to us boldness. Grant to us power. They prayed believing in faith. They prayed, they prayed in agreement, they prayed in agreement in God's power. These are simple components that if you'll add it to your life, will cause a release of God's power. Come on, somebody say yes. And they prayed for specific enablement. Praying for boldness is a great thing. They prayed, God, grant to us boldness. What a great prayer. Add that. For those of you that struggle with timidity, Add that God would give you a boldness. Add that God would give you fresh fire. Add that God would just put something in you that would compel you by the love of God to reach to your neighbor. And so God pours out his spirit. They needed to be filled with the spirit. We see that they were filled. But notice it's a refilling. Because in Acts 2, they were already baptized in the spirit. So what's up with this? You all see this? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought they were filled in Acts 2. They were. But you leak. You can't live on yesterday's unction. You can't live on yesterday's filling. Any more, come on, you can stop eating and drinking water today. Um, better not go too long with that because you'll be dead. The same is true in Christianity. You've got to be filled. 
It's a daily thing. Listen, we've got church seven days a week. Do you know that we have church seven days a week? So I don't know we have church seven days. We have church seven days a week. When? Morning prayer. Right here. Church is open at 6 a.m. It's open at 7 a.m. And from 7 to 7.30, it's kind of corporate. Same 6 to 7.30 is basically uh, people praying. There's worship taking place. From 7.30 to 8, we'd light it up in corporate prayer and pray that God would fill us and touch us and, and do us with power. We pray for miracles. We lay hands on the sick. Come on, that's what we do every single day, seven days a week. And you'll see the same thing is true in the New Testament church because there's a problem. We, we leak, we need to be refilled too. The second thing is, there's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. I was so in the flesh this morning. Oh, I know you never get in the flesh, but I'm saying for me, occasionally I struggle with irritation. You know, you know what I mean? Like you want something done the right way and... You know, maybe it wasn't done like your way of doing it right. There's many ways to skin a cat. I'm not sure what that means, but I don't care for cats much. Anyway, I'm just saying. Peace, bless you. All you cat lovers, be blessed. The reason I don't like cats that much is because they remind me of my fallen human nature. They just do whatever they want to. They don't come when you call them unless they're brain damaged. Brain damaged cats come. They come when they hear the frisky popping can, then they come, you know, and when you feed them, they know that you're bowing down to them, you know. I feed my dog, my dog knows that it's bowing down to me. Cats, not so. Not so. You feed a cat, and it's like, you know. Anyway, if I don't tie that into the message, once again, you just enjoy that as an isolated whole. There is a battle between the spirit and the flesh. We need God's help. We need, it, we need to be spirit-filled. And we need to overcome hindrances. And the world is a hindrance. The flesh is a hindrance. There's powers at work, powers of darkness in our community that need to be forcefully evicted. And I'm telling you, it does not happen by a smooth-kneed, apathetic, apathetic pablum-feeding Christianity. It comes by those who rise up in a holy boldness with the authority of the name of Jesus and drive out that demon of opioids. We need to find out. I want somebody, one of my admin people, make a note, please. I want to know what the statistics are over opioid addiction in the valley because we're going to drop it this next year and we're going to drive it out of the valley. Amen. Come on, somebody. Let Listen. Are you telling me... Don't, I'm going to start preaching. Are you telling me that opioids is more powerful than Jesus? There's no stinking way. There isn't. God wants to set the captives free. He wants to heal the brokenhearted. And the power of the Holy Spirit is for a purpose. He comes in response to prayer. He comes in response to unity. He comes in response to faith. He comes in response to our great need. We need God. Without God, we'll hang by a thread. The thread, the thread will break and we'll end up in total, you know, depravity. People that are stuck on drugs, people that are stuck in... in Medicated like comas, spiritual comas. They need a touch of the power of the Holy Spirit. They need the truth of God's word. God's presence came for what purpose? Was it just so that they could feel good? No, no, no. So that they could be a witness. 
So when people look at your life, they're like, what the heck? How'd you do that? You should, you should be in prison. You should still be, how is it that you, how, how are you still breathing? How'd you, how'd you make it through? How'd you overcome? And you can point to Jesus. Why are you smiling when you should be hating everybody in the natural, but you're smiling, you got joy. Been so rejected, been so spurned, backstabbed, run over spiritually. What would make you spot Jesus? And you learn to overcome. And that overcoming and that boldness says to somebody, man, what have you got? I have got to have what you have. The power of the Spirit, the purpose of his presence. Janae, would you come, please? The purpose of his presence is for what? Well, it's to be a witness. But it's, it's, it's not just to be a witness. It's to give us power to help us, to bless us. To heal us too. Listen, I don't, I don't, I don't come so much to church anymore. I mean, I'm pastoring now, but I mean, you know, I was part of a congregation, and I still am. I happen to be leading this one. It's a great honor. Thank you for all your prayers for me and my wife and my family and my team. My life was totally set free, and I was walking in the blessing of God long before I became a pastor. The, the reason, the reason I serve God is not so I can get more blessing for me. I'm trying to, re, I'm trying to trying to reach people. I saw somebody at the gym and they said this to me. They said, oh, pastor, your your church is like famous. I said, we ain't trying to make our church famous. We're trying to make Jesus famous. So we must be, I thought about that as I walked away. I thought we must be failing in some capacity, but And then I thought, well, the house where they ripped the roof off and Jesus, that, that, that house probably became famous too because I went, that was the house. That it, so when God's glory come, you know, it happened to be kings. It could be easily somewhere else. I just know this. I want more of his power. I want more of his presence. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty because I know that God can do everything single thing you have need of. Some of you lie on your bed at night broken hearted. You lie on your bed at night and you're like where's the victory? Where's the breakthrough? Could it be that you need to, you know, get a hold of God on another level? Maybe you need healing. We have a whole counseling department. But I've found many times the answer to the, the people's needs are right in the service. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. I'm, I'm just about done. I'm talking about God's presence for a purpose. His presence came as a result of people crying out to him. The book of Judges, which I preached from in the first service, they cried out to the Lord, and the Lord sent a deliverer. That's what happens. Crying out is the first step in getting delivered. Crying out is the first step of his power of his presence coming on your home. Begin to cry out. Have a corporate time in your home, in your family. Be a part of our corporate times of prayer. He said, I don't know how to pray. Prayer is caught more than taught. You can read all kinds of books, but until you get under a burden and begin to cry out to him, then you won't experience the kind of breakthroughs that are available to witness, to bless us. You know, God wants us to be the church. I mean, really, the nios of God, the dwelling place of God by the Spirit. I am allergic To performance, I came asking the Lord, you know, can't you just give me like one message? He's like, nope, and 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 be ready for it to change at any time. I'm like, I, I'm a little uncomfortable with that because I just want to have my ducks in a row. 
Some of you are waiting for your ship to come in. Well, your ship sank, man. Getting your ducks in a row. Somebody shot all your ducks. You need God. In the end, we need God. We need the transforming power of His Spirit all across this place. Come on, let us, let us have that, that prayer meeting just for a moment before we close. Let the power of the Spirit come upon your life right now to decimate darkness, to drive out depression, to drive out anything the enemy would try to afflict you. You ask for boldness. That each of us would be a witness. Lord, we'd reach those thousand souls and more even by, by April 21st. Mark us with a glorious visitation. And I declare and prophesy to you, for those of you that set aside some time in your home, that the mighty wind of God will come. Nils, where are you? Come here. You had a prayer time. You told me about it. Just forget about the fact that you're standing in front of 400 people and, 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 and tell us about your prayer time. You're there, you're holding your Bible, praying. You got baptized in the Spirit on Wednesday, praying in tongues. Tell, tell them what happened. So uh, I had been praying. I'm not sure how many minutes it was, but uh, I was holding my Bibles, and I said, Lord, every time while my muscles are burning, that's worship for you. And I was just praying in the Spirit, and then I stopped praying and just said, Lord God, uh, come and be with me. And then it was just bam, like all from the top of my head down to my heels, just chills and heat and then I just started laughing and like uncontrollably laughing and then tears started pouring down my face and then um, I went upstairs to tell my mother about it and then once I started telling her the sun started coming in through the windows and then just like oh my god thank you so much and it, that means it's good in my native tongue it's good and Say it again. means it's good, right? And E is yes. It's good, yes. <laughs> Lift your hands all across this place. Some of you are waiting for God to do something. He's waiting on you. I mean, what do you want him to do? Come and, and die on a cross again? He's already done that. He'll make a way for you. He'll fill you. He'll flood you. He'll refresh you. The Lord says the battle that's before you, son, is, is not half as big as you think it is. And I am positioning you. And I'm placing you. Rooted and grounded in my word to fulfill the call of God. As part of the army of God, I've spoken to you. You're going to find that battle before you. Just It's just all going to melt, even this week. There's just some, there's some challenges, and you're like, this, that, Lord, can you just take it? Yeah, he's going to take care of all of it, and it's going to fall. It's going to melt like, like wax. Holy Spirit, come. Let your power come upon Heather. Every dry place, go. Thank you. Touch Heather's mom. Lord, I think I see the Holy Spirit just touching you. We need you. We need you. We need you, Lord. We need you. I need you. I need you.
Anídi, oh, Anídi. Like the oceans need the stream, I need you. Like the morning needs the sun, I need you. Like the desert needs the rain, I need you. 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 Oh, I need you. Come on. I need you. Stand on your feet. Oh, how I need you. And how I need you. How I need you. And oh, I need you. Sister Scott. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, I need you. How I need you. And Lord, I need you. And how Make it your prayer. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. And how I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Lord, I need you. How I need you. And Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. 
drifting off of you. Every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't you leave this place like that. Don't leave this place in a condition separated from God. That's not his will. That's not his plan. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, as it says in John 10 and 10. The gospel all in one verse. But I've come that you might have life and life to the full. Not hanging by a thread. Not life that's tattered and torn up. Life that's healed, whole, free from the opinions of people. Delivered from the fear of man, free from the assignment of wickedness, the curse, depression, and anxiety, free from the things of time and tradition, and a walk that's filled with the love of God, the power of God, that as you go, as you, as you live, you'd be like a fragrance to those who know you. They would see the freedom that you have, not religion. Religion is a stench in the nostrils of God. It's a real viable red-hot relationship with the one who made you. It's relationship. Not a set of rules, but a relationship with the one who made you. And if you're not right with God, and you know it, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time like I did on the 405 freeway all those years ago. When you give your heart to Jesus for the first time in a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. 
Or maybe you need to recommit because you drifted. You know you've got compromise and you're going to sell out. I'm going to tell you, if you want the power of God in your life, but you have compromise, it'll never happen. He waits for you and he calls to you through my voice right now to say, be reconciled. Step away from the things that bind you. The sin that so easily ensnares you, come back. Come back to me, says the Lord. Come to me. Return to your first love. If that's you, you fit in any of those two categories. One, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or secondly, recommitting. As soon as we begin to sing this song again, I need you, then you just hustle out of your seat and you come right up front. We're going to pray together. You ready? Set? Go. Come on, come. Come on, come. There's room. Come on, come. All across this place. There's numerous people respond. Want to get right with God. online as well pray this prayer all of you up that have come up front pray this with all your heart say dear heavenly father thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life come into my heart be my Lord be my Savior wash me cleanse me and make me new Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you. Lift your hands. Just let the Holy Spirit fill you now. Holy Spirit. everyone right now. Come on. Just a few more moments and the service is completed. Let him fill you up front. Those that have given your heart to Christ or recommitted. Come on, just let him touch you.
captives free drive out cancer disease and the opioid epidemic ends and we and we speak today over that demon spirit of opioids you have no right we drive you out we nail an eviction notice we nail an eviction notice today in the heavens and declare that we know that you know that you've been defeated by the blood of Jesus Christ the resurrected Christ we know that you've been defeated and so, God, before your angels and before your throne, we ask now, release holy boldness and fire upon us to be your ambassadors, to be your ministers of reconciliation, to be those who bring forth justice in this place, to release the power of God to decimate demonic attacks off of families in the valley and the state. Even in the nation, we proclaim revival has come. We proclaim the open heaven is here. We declare today the kingdom of God is at hand. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Come on. Come on, shout. Shout with the voice of triumph. Come on, shout with the shout of the king. Yeah. Lord, we thank you. May the shout of the king be with you all week long. May the glory of the Lord rise upon you. May he lift up his countenance towards you. May he be gracious to you, keep you give you peace go and tell all the people God's on the throne the devil's been defeated we love you God bless you see you tonight six o'clock thank you for joining today's podcast if God is impacting your life through this ministry you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com also don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one